which wounded the president occurred as the motorcade was running through huge crowds in downtown Dallas. The governor of Texas, John Connolly, was also there. Now, more on the latest building collapse in New York. You might have heard a few moments ago I was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing. And indeed it has. Apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from where the World Trade Center towers were. And it seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened. But that's a story for another time, and that time is now. I am the Philosopher King. I'm here with the Iron King. We are your two kings, and also with us, of course, the Kick-Ass Duke. And we're here to talk about Antarctica again. Yes, we're going deeper. We did our intro. We did our... You know, our 50,000 foot view. And now we're going to dive deep into. Uh, Let's dive deep into pieces. that big hole at the bottom of the world. It's just a snow yeah. continent. Don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's apropos that we're talking about this now because it's freezing freaking cold in Florida right now. So, is it? For me, because I'm soft. What are you talking about? I'm it's soft. You're, the, you're, you wear the, you're wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and you're gonna. And I know you've been wearing that outside. Well, of course, but it's cold still. Yeah, I mean, it's, I had to yeah, turn the cold. heat on a little bit today, in the car. Yeah. it's cold. <laughs> it's not that cold. I want it to be colder. Can we talk about the Birdman tonight? The Birdman, Admiral Bird. Oh yeah. Guy. That's the whole point. That's I what love we're, the show. I'm excited for the show. That's what we're because uh, it's the bird, 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 bird is the word. Is the bird, bird, bird. So we bird broke, is the word of uh, this podcast. So we broke down the introduction last episode. If you didn't catch it, make sure you check it out on kingsplaining.substack.com. Where kingsplaining.substack.com, where you can check out the ramblings of the king. Our main podcast, which is kingsplaining. Where the kings just, well, we're going to explain it to you. You know what I mean? We're going to let you know how it goes down. But this is the show where we let loose and there is no filter. It is pure conspiracy. We don't try to convince anybody here. We just ask questions, man. Yeah. We just lay out what people are saying. Ask the questions on both sides. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know. There's only one side. <laughs> My side. And then we uh, give our ratings. Yeah, but we gave a great introduction of Mr. Admiral Bird last episode, so you can check mm-hmm. that out on our first episode of Antarctica in episode yep. one. Yeah, that was we just touched on it, we but we said it was a story for another time. You know, it is, and that time and is now. And that time is now. Let's get it, bro. I love it. We're <clears throat> so what I have is a, a pretty decent sized excerpt from uh, the diary of Admiral Bird. Are you saying that sea captains that was published? You're saying the sea captains keep diaries, like it's like a historical fact that every captain keeps a diary. Is that yes, and the... he he was also. I mean, he flew hmm. uh, on these expeditions. Interesting. So even uh, airplane captains will keep diaries. But yes, explorers tended to keep diaries of what they were encountering. Encountering, yeah, for sure. No, because they they can remember everything. So yeah, yeah. perfect recall, as most humans do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Even through extreme circumstances. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. There's there's definitely nothing in the in the textbooks about, you know, the rise in adrenaline and how that affects memory or anything like that. It's all just gravy. Everybody yeah. remembers everything yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, 100%. But just remember. Yeah. Uh no sacrifice, no victory. Amen. <laughs> so the the name of the book is The Flight to the Land Beyond the North Pole. Okay. A copy of Admiral Richard B. Byrd, forward by Dr. William Bernard, PhD, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> so this was, uh, this is, this diary, this is a log diary, and it was written in the year 1947 in the months of February and March under circumstances that evidently defied 
the imagination and credibility. Mm. As uh, the forward says. Um, um, And the uh, um, here is dealt with the evident answers, the the origin of the so-called UFOs, as well as the hollow earth, Mm. or as the Admiral described, the land beyond the poles. Oh, interesting. Is that like the land before time? Kind of. Interesting. So, uh, Admiral Richard B. Byrd's diary, February, March, 1947. The exploration flight over the North Pole. The inner earth, my secret diary. I must write this diary in secrecy and obscurity. It concerns my Arctic flight of the 19th day of February in the year of 1947. There comes a time when the rationality of men must fade into insignificance and one must accept the inevitability of the truth. I am not at liberty to disclose the following documentation at this writing. Perhaps it shall never see the light of public scrutiny, but I must do my duty and record here for all to read one day. In a world of greed and exploitation of certain mankind can no longer suppress that which is truth. Flight Log Base Camp Arctic, February 19, 1947. 0600 hours. All preparations are complete for our flight northward and we are airborne with full fuel tanks at 610 hours. 0620 hours. Fuel mixture on starboard engine seems too rich. Adjustment made in Pratt Whitney's are running smoothly. I imagine those are the engines. Mm-hmm. 0730 hours. Radio check with base camp. All is well and radio reception is normal. 0740 hours. Note slight oil leak in starboard engine. Oil pressure indicator seems normal, however. 0800 hours. Slight turbulence noted from easterly direction at altitude of 2321 feet. Correction to 1700 feet. No further turbulence, but tailwind increases, slight adjustment in throttle controls, aircraft performing very well now. And, like, to me, this is important because it shows his credibility as a pilot. As a pilot, yeah. Yeah. Especially in that time period. And real quick, what year was this again? 1947. 1947. Interesting. This happened this February? February, yes. Okay, cool. Gotcha. 0815 hours. Radio check with base camp, situation normal. 0830 hours. Turbulence encountered again. Increase altitude to 2,900 feet. Smooth flight conditions again. 0910 hours. Vast ice and snow below. Note coloration of yellowish nature and disperse in a linear, in a linear pattern. Altering course fo- uh, for a better examination of this color pattern below. Note reddish or purple color also. Circle this area two full turns and return to an assigned compass heading. Position check made again to base camp and relay information concerning colorations in the ice and snow below. 0910 hours. Both magnetic and gyro compasses beginning to gyrate and wobble. We are unable to hold our heading by instrumentation. Take bearing with sun compass, yet all seems well. The controls are seemingly slow to respond and have sluggish quality, but there is no indication of icing. If you've seen Iron Man 1, you know what icing is. Yeah. <laughs> 0915 hours. In the distance is what appears to be mountains. 0949 hours. 29 minutes elapsed flight time from the first sighting of the mountains. It is no illusion. They are mountains and consist of a small range that I have never seen before. 0955 hours. Altitude changed to 2950 feet, encountering strong turbulence again. Ten hundred hours. We are crossing over the small mountain range and still proceeding northward as best as can be ascertained. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a small river or stream running through the center portion. There should be no green valley below. Something is definitely wrong and abnormal here. We should be over ice and snow. To the port side are great forests growing on the mountain slopes. Our navigation instruments are still spinning. The gyroscope is oscillating back and forth. 10.05 hours. I alter altitude to 1,400 feet and execute a sharp left turn to better examine the valley below. It is green with either moss or a type of tight-knit grass. The light here seems different. I cannot see the sun anymore. We make another left turn and we spot what seems to be a large animal of some kind below us. It appears to be an elephant. No, it looks more like a mammoth. This is incredible. Yet there it is. Decrease altitude to a thousand feet and take binoculars to better examine the animal. It is confirmed. It is definitely a mammoth-like animal. Report this to base camp. Hmm. 10.30 hours. Encountering more rolling green hills now. The external temperature temperature indicator reads 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Continuing on our heading now. Navigation instruments seem normal now. I am puzzled over their actions. Attempt to contact base camp. Radio is not functioning. 
1130 hours. Countryside below is more level and normal, if I may use that word. Ahead we spot what seems to be a city. This is impossible. Aircraft seems light and oddly buoyant. The controls refuse to respond. My god. Off our port and starboard wings are a strange type of aircraft. They are closing rapidly alongside. They are disc-shaped and have a radiant quality to them. They are close enough now to see the markings on them. It is a type of swastika. This is fantastic. Where are we? What has happened? I tug at the controls again. They will not respond. We are caught in an invisible vice grip of some type. Sounds like a tractor beam. Yeah. 11.35 hours. Our radio crackles and a voice comes through in English with what perhaps is a slight Nordic or Germanic accent. The message is, Welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. Relax, Admiral. You are in good hands. I note the engines of our plane have stopped running. The aircraft is under some strange control and is now turning itself. The controls are useless. Hmm. 11.40 hours. Another radio message received. We begin the landing process now, and in moments the plane shudders slightly and begins a descent as though caught in some great unseen elevator. Hmm. The downward motion is negligible, and we touch down with only a slight jolt. 11.45 hours. I am making a hasty last entry in the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot toward our aircraft. They are tall with blonde hair. In the distance is a large shimmering city pulsating with rainbow hues of color. I do not know what is going to happen now, but I see no signs of weapons on those approaching. I hear now a voice ordering me by name to open the cargo door. I comply and log. And then, but hey, he continues. Real quick. real quick. What year does it say that that, you're reading the, the log, what year does it say on yours? It says 1947. Oh, 47, okay, cool. I thought you said 57, good. No, no 47. Good. 47, perfect. Yep. I just wanted to clarify that for our... our our audience, because I'm following along with you. Okay. You're, you're a great narrator, man. Thank you. I like that. Turn so he can, he continues, it's not in that log form by hour, but he just writes down what he says. From this yep. point, I write all of the following events here from memory. It defies the, ma- the imagination and would seem all but madness if it had not happened. Yep. The radio man and I are taken from the aircraft, and we are received in a most cordial manner. We were then boarded on a small platform like conveyance with no wheels. It moves us toward the glowing city with great swiftness. Swiftness. As we approach, the city seems to be made of a crystal material. Soon we arrive at a large building that is a type I have never seen before. It appears to be right out of the design board of Frank Lloyd Wright, or perhaps more correctly, out of a Buck Rogers setting. We are given some type of warm beverage that tasted like nothing I have ever savored before. It is delicious. After about ten minutes, two of our wondrous appearing hosts come to our quarters and announce that I am to accompany them. I have no choice but to comply. I leave my radio man behind and we walk a short distance and enter into what seems to be an elevator. We descend downward for some moments. The machine stops and the door lifts silently upward. We then proceed down a long hallway that is lit by a rose-colored light that seems to be emanating from the very walls themselves. One of the beings motions for us to stop before a great door. Over the door is an inscription that I cannot read. The great door slides noiselessly open and I am beckoned to enter. One of my hosts speaks. Have no fear, Admiral. You are to have an audience with the Master. I step inside and my eyes adjust to the beautiful coloration that seems to be filling the room completely. Then I begin to see my surroundings. What greeted my eyes is the most beautiful sight of my entire existence. It is in fact too beautiful and wondrous to describe. It is exquisite and delicate. I do not think there exists a human term that can describe it in any detail with justice. My thoughts are interrupted in a cordial manner by a warm, rich voice of melodious quality. I bid you welcome to our domain, Admiral. I see a man with delicate features and with the etching of years upon his face. He is seated at a long table. He motions me to sit down in one of the chairs. After I am seated, he places his fingertips together and smiles. He speaks softly again and conveys the following. We have let you enter here because you are of noble character and well known on the surface world, Admiral. Surface world, I half gasp under my breath. Yes, the master replies with a smile. You are in the domain of the Ariani, the inner world of the earth. We shall not long delay your mission, and you will be safely escorted back to the surface and for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I shall tell you why you have been summoned here. Our interest rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. It was at that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the Flugelrods, to or flugel rads maybe, flugel to your rads. surface, 
world to investigate what your race had done. That is, of course, past history now, my dear Admiral, but I must continue on. You see, we have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity, but now we must, for you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for man, namely that of atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the powers of your world, and yet they do not heed. Now you have been chosen to be witness here that our world does exist. You see, our culture and science are many thousands of years beyond your race. Uh, beyond your race, Admiral. I, I interrupted, but what does this have to do with me, sir? The master's eyes seemed to penetrate deeply into my mind, and after studying me for a few moments, he replied, Your race has now reached the point of no return, for there are those among you who would destroy your very world rather than relinquish their power as they know it. I nodded, and the master continued, In 1945 and afterward, we tried to contact your race, but our efforts were met with hostility. Our flugelrads were fired upon, yes, even pursued with malice and animosity by your fire fighter planes. So now I say to you, my son, there is this great storm gathering in your world, a black fury that will not spend itself for many years. There will be no answer in your arms. There will be no safety in your science. It may rage on until every flower of your culture is trampled and all human things are leveled in vast chaos. Your recent war was only a prelude of what is yet to come for your race. We here see it more clearly with each hour. Do you say I am mistaken? No, I answer. It happened once before. The Dark Ages come and they last, or came and they lasted for more than 500 years. Yes, my son, replied the master. The Dark Ages that will come now for your race will cover the earth like a pall. But I believe that some of your race will live through the storm. Beyond that, I cannot say. We see at a great distance a new world stirring from the ruins of your race, seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will be here, my son, safe in our keeping. When that time arrives, we shall come forward again to help revive your culture and your race. Perhaps by then you have learned the future of war and its strife, and after that, or sorry, the futility of war and its strife, and after that time certain, certain of your culture and science will be returned for your race to begin anew. You, my son, are to return to the surface world with this message. With these closing words, our meeting seemed at an end. I stood for a moment as in a dream, but yet I knew this was reality, and for some strange reason I bowed slightly, either out of respect or humility, I do not know which. Suddenly I was again aware that the two beautiful hosts who had brought me here were again at my side. This way, Admiral, motioned one. I turned once more before leaving and looked back toward the master. A gentle smile was entered on his delicate and ancient face. Farewell, my son, he spoke. Then he gestured with a lovely slender hand, a motion of peace, and our meeting was truly ended. Quickly he walked back through the great door of the master's chamber and once again entered into the elevator. The door slid silently downward and we were once going upward. One of my hosts spoke again. We must now make haste, Admiral, as the master desires to delay you no longer on your scheduled timetable, and you must return within his, with his message to your race. I said nothing. All of this was almost beyond belief, and once again my thoughts were interrupted as we stopped. I entered the room and was again with my radio man. He had an anxious expression on his face. As I approached, I said, It is all right, Howie, it's all right. The two beings motioned us toward the awaiting conveyance. We boarded and soon arrived back at the aircraft. The engines were idling, and we boarded immediately. The whole atmosphere seemed charged now with a certain air of urgency. After the cargo door was closed, the aircraft was immediately lifted by that unseen force until we reached an altitude of 2,700 feet. Two of the aircraft were alongside for some distance, guiding us on our return way. I must state here the airspeed indicator registered no reading, yet we were moving along at a very rapid rate. And then he has some more logs... Um, but I don't think that they're particularly yeah, I mean, relevant. Re yeah, yeah, he uh, it, he does the, talk about have, attending a staff meeting at the Pentagon. In March 11th, 1947, yeah. um, I have attended a staff meeting at the Pentagon, and I've stated my, fully my discovery in the message from the master. All is du uh, duly recorded. The president has been advised... I am now detained for several hours, six hours, 39 minutes to be exact. I am interviewed intently by top secret, uh, by top security forces and a medical team. It was an ordeal. I am placed under strict control via the national security uh, uh, provisions with his, with this United States of America. I am ordered to remain silent in regards of all, to, uh, regards to all that I have learned on the behalf of humanity. Incredible. I'm reminded that I am a military man and I must obey orders. 
Yeah, buddy. But I was just following orders. <laughs> I was just following orders. It's okay. Let me break this. Let's orders. break this down line by line here. But let me go to the top. I think a couple things that jump out to me. So the original flight log to where he gets to this place. A couple things jump out at me um, immediately. So seeing animals that are not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's mold, let, let's let's play this a little early. Let's just go segment by segment. Okay, Mulder, Scully, cigarette smoking man on that. What do you think? So I, I coupled the, the seeing the mammoth is cu- I think is coupled with the green fields in the forest. You know, I was I was okay. gonna say the temperature variation okay. from going yeah. minus what thirty to forty degrees during the summer. No dusty. It's just an ice continent. Okay, that has a perfect peace treaty that no one's allowed to go to. So, like I was saying, <laughs> minus 40 degrees to 70, what do you say, 74 70, Fahrenheit, yeah. degrees Fahrenheit? So mammoth, That's a bit of a swing. I, I, it, it's kind of like mornings versus afternoons in Florida. Well, but you have to, <laughs> so what you would have to look at is that he also, at that time, is saying he can't see the sun anymore. Mm-hmm. The light is, is different somehow. So at that point, he should be inside the hollow earth. If that's what you think it is. Well, and that's what they, that's what he's, they he's claim saying. it is. Mm-hmm. That's what he's okay. claiming it is. Okay. So, so. So somehow he's flying through this small mountain range, which there are mountains in Antarctica. Um, we discussed that previously about the mountain that looks like a pyramid yeah. that's five times the or size of any pyramid. Is a pyramid. Could so. be. Could be uh, a pyramid. I'll go first on this. I am very Mulder on. Um, I'm Mulder on the Hollow Earth in the sense that he flew into and down into the Earth. I'm I'm, I'm kind of Mulder on that. Um, leaning towards Scully, um, the temperature change in seeing different topography and an animal. I'm very cigarette smoking man. I I don't. I just, I do not buy the Antarctica story. I don't buy it at all. Um, not what's, not one bit of it. Uh, to me, the, the, the cats out of the, when, when all governments collide on one thing, I always call bullshit. I, I just, it just is what it is. If you all agree on one thing, I call bullshit. And my best example of this, and I wrote about this last year in my Antarctica article, was the entire world collaborated on COVID. They collaborated on that whole thing. They told you that COVID is going to kill each other. You needed this vaccine, that it was going to do everything. All of it was a lie. Every single step of it. So when I see the entire world collabing on it, I call bullcrap. And it's so hard to get there. It's easy to kind of, kind of tr- control the message with Antarctica. So plausibly, <laughs> I don't think it or I, I truly do not believe Antarctica is what they say it is. I, I will... Go to my grave on that. I, but I it is it, is it what? Uh, that's that's is where it Admiral Bird. That's where I scully it? it. I I don't think it's an, a hollow earth thing. I just don't think that Antarctica is what it is. It's either not what it is, or there's stuff way beyond it, and our world is not quite what they say it is. But I will cigarette smoking man the the woolly mammoth. I definitely think those things are probably still running around. Definitely think the topography is right. I am Scully on Hollow Earth, but I, I'm with him that there's something different. So that that's where I am right on that. So Do we got. Well, we're, this isn't a Hollow Earth episode necessarily. So I won't ask you why you're Scully. I I will say this. I, I for said me, I won't ask. You. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, we'll get to Hollow Earth. Yeah, Hollow Earth. Another story for another time. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah. Um, could have could he have seen a woolly mammoth? Yeah, sure. Um, they're always seeing creatures that shouldn't exist. All of a sudden, yeah. oh look, there's some more, like dodos. Oh hey, we found one. It's not supposed to be alive. That would be cool if a dodo was still alive. No, that that is still alive. It, there's one in the Senate. Her name's AOC. <laughs> she keeps trying to so kill herself. Matter of factly, I, I got you. I'm good. I'm good. You got me on that one. <laughs> Um, they they still have DNA for a dodo bird, put it that way, and they're mm-hmm. trying to genetically make them. Same thing with woolly mammoth. They actually have woolly mammoth yeah. DNA. 
mm-hmm. that they're trying to breed with an elephant. Are you saying Jurassic Park is just revolution mm-hmm. of the method? No. Dino yes. DNA. No, yes. Dinosaurs. <laughs> no, yes. No, yes. So, but... No, no, no. Yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> with you, man. I, I'm, I'm going to scully the uh, animals. Okay. Of unusual size. Okay. Not like rodents of unusual size. <laughs> Just animals of unusual... I don't think they exist. Species. Rodents of unusual size. I don't think um, um, <laughs> Thank you for I, getting I, the reference. I mean, not to like shut it, this conversation down. I'm older on the whole thing. Okay. That's fair. Because I want to go to the next part and yeah, talk about so, the next part. But yeah. You're older like, on Like okay. for this, like, yeah, I mean. My, my biggest basically thing is that temperature my, change. That, 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 that's really hard to accomplish. My, based on the physics you've been told or taught. Just, just on just physics say. that I've seen. Hey, I'm just saying, man. It gets cold in Florida. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It, uh, um, I just, you know, uh, why? So it reads like, sometimes it reads like science fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like a, like a novel. Yep. Like a Jules Verne novel. Yeah. And maybe in, in that, comparison to a Buck Rogers like, situation, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he just doesn't like the character of Admiral Byrd. Like, doesn't strike me no. as a novelist, like like a, a failed novelist, you know, yeah. or like a secret novelist. This was his little secret gag to everybody. Yeah. And and I'm just like, do we have reason to not believe him? You know, like, but why would he lie? <laughs> uh, it's not a so, like, why would he lie? Isn't the bad question if no. you actually, yeah, are serious about asking that question? Yes, you know, and if you can't find reasons, I mean, there might be reasons, yeah, that he that he would, uh, you know, or uh, I don't think he was necessary. He's either he's either telling the truth or he's enjoying a bit of fiction, sure, for fun, sure. He's you know, definitely no Ron Hubbard. Yeah, and he's definitely not. I mean, he did. I'm sure he didn't make a a mint off of selling this diary, you know. Yeah. So here's what's intriguing to me. I'm mm-hmm. going to jump ahead a little bit, but I'm going to go back to the people because I want to talk about the tall, beautiful blondes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The last entry in his diary was December 24th, 1956. Mm-hmm. Okay. He starts doing the TV shows in 1957 or in the end of 1956. And a little bit in 1957, he dies March uh, 11th, 1957. Okay, so this is 10 years after account. That's when he dies. Um, the Atlant- the Antarctic Treaty goes down. Antarctic Treaty happens in... Oh, sorry. NASA's formed one year later in 1958. Okay. Antarctic Treaty is signed one year later in 1959. Okay. So... The primary guy that I wouldn't say called BS, but could call BS on a lot of the NASA stuff is dead already. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the other thing too is this: now we you never want to prop a human up on like the word is you know what I mean? It's, it's like you you can find fault in anybody, right? Yeah. George Washington owned slaves, and fun fact, he owned British stocks. <laughs> so they lost the war. He's still making money because he has British stocks. Okay. Um, you can go any historic fig- figure, okay? There's good and bad and so on and so forth. I just find it interesting that NASA's formed a year after he's dead. Treaty happens two years after he's dead, okay? This doesn't happen before, okay? Just interesting to me, intriguing to me, and especially in 1957, 1940, it's very hard to get there. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we're, we're talking jets just coming to, what, World War II? Jets are... are the beginning of jets, right? The was beginning it? of jets were just starting, just starting. Okay. in 1944, um, and we paperclipped the German scientists like right after the war. So yeah, we were getting our first jet engines. Was it 1949? Yeah. So there's no internet. You can keep this under lid, lock and key for a long time. Well, the Germans were working on uh, nuclear bombs. Yeah, they had actually 18 months on us. The one thing that they didn't have was our resources. Yeah. 
So, so. just, 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 I, I like to bring that up with this conversation because I, I don't want to fully dismiss it. I don't want to fully scully this thing. You know what I mean? But I don't fully buy it either, if that makes sense, in the sense that, like, a couple things that are going to be said with this master that I'm like, I, I'm going to call some BS. But let's go to the next part of this, right? So he is flying in a totally different place, sees animals that are not there, and then his plane is taken over. Mm-hmm. And he has no control of his plane. Mm-hmm. Eventually the engine stop. Yeah, so UFOs... U- what are they called now? What are, UAPs. UAPs. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, 20 years ago, we everybody called BS because UFOs aren't real, man, at all. Yeah. But now our just, government acknowledges just, them. Yeah. It's just movies. Well, what's very interesting is our government now acknowledges that there are unidentified flying objects before the Epstein client list comes out. Very interesting on that. But So we're acknowledging it now. So if you would have told me this 20 years ago, I'd be like, mm, BS, okay? Now I'm like, is there vehicles that are beyond our comprehension that can do things that are unbelievable, right? We just did a whole show on um, Flight MH, 370. Yeah, MH370. That video is freaking compelling. Mm-hmm. It's really, it, it's hard. It, and I'm a skeptic of UFO stuff, period, in general, because I'm just going to tell you circles and circles and it's all demons, okay? Which I still think that's 100% true. <laughs> but it's very compelling evidence to see that there are things that... There's technologies far beyond what we have. They had technologies way before they came around, right? So I'm going to give the UFOs... I'm... is what, What's the kid that Mulder and Scully had together? What was the kid's name? Was it Dick Jason or something? What was the kid's name? I have no idea. The offspring they had one kid together. Dang it! I didn't know that, that they had a kid together. They did. I didn't know that either. They did. So let me look it up. Hmm. Is that the movies? Yeah, it would have to be in the movies. The I new, say. It's in the new, um, the new season, the two seasons. Oh, I didn't uh, watch those. Mulder and Scully's kid. I forgot that they even did that. Yeah. Oh, but it wasn't. It wasn't technically Mulder and Scully's kid. It was uh, the cigarette smoking man's kid, and Scully. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, his name's Jackson Van Camp. So Van Van de Camp, Jackson. So I'm gonna give it a Jackson. So it's in between a uh, <laughs> a Mulder and a Scully. Uh, is, is are there identified objects that we cannot explain? Yes. Definitely. Did he encounter that? Possibly. So I'm gonna just I'll, I'll land on that part. Well, I mean, they definitely in World War II they encountered. You know, um, the, the, that's where the Foo yes. Fighters come from, right? Yes. The other thing too is it was French, French, uh, yeah, French uh, pilots. I believe in World War Two. Try to dogfight them, and they, yeah, they tried to dogfight these glowing, you know, hit uh, ships, and they couldn't. They they outmaneuvered them like crazy. They called them the Foo Fighters. Foo meaning fire, fire because they looked like they were on on yeah. fire, firefighters. And then the band Foo Fighters took that and turned it into their no name. way, strange. Did they circle like the planes and then make them disappear? In it? No, they didn't do that. But okay, not like Flight yeah. Three Seventy. No, not like Flight Three Seventy. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. It's like conspiracies all tied together. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's weird. But I will give uh, Scully to being able to take control of an aircraft in air. Yeah, because literally, you would have talked to me about this four years ago, or a year ago. I'd be like, <clears throat> after watching that th- Flight Three Seventy, I'm like, <clears throat> they can do some crazy stuff. Well. Mm-hmm. You also have to remember what type of plane this is. Yeah, this plane is completely mechanical. Yeah, there's the 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 strings attached to all the control surfaces. It's the is fact he can't do anything is really really weird. Yeah. So essentially, what he wouldn't be able he wouldn't be able to move the yeah. stick at all. Yeah. They they wouldn't respond because it it would be stuck. Yeah. So. Um, Good. And that would explain why the uh, propellers wouldn't be running or the engines wouldn't be running um now having a field that can move an airplane seamlessly and smoothly that's way beyond anything we've got right now yeah sure well and the master said that they were thousands of years behind beyond in science and culture so but that's (laughs) not beyond what we can imagine no it is not they probably used it to make the pyramids what did i I'm sorry. That's another story for another time. Keep going, man. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm still hung up on the temperature thing because that <laughs> it's a quiet, quiet thing that just blows yeah. your mind. That you go, you're going from a sub 
freezing temperature yeah. to room temperature. Yeah. And there's almost no transition. Mm-hmm. It just, all right, now the temperature raised. Yeah. Where does that occur in our modern world? The only time that happens is when you go in and out of doors. And, well, how do you keep that heat in? Uh, doors. He didn't go through a door. Hey, man. I mean, they, listen, they, they want you, listen, they want me to believe that atmosphere pins to the earth by gravity. Atmosphere doesn't go into a, a vacuum. So, I, listen, it, crazy things happen in this world, man. You know what I mean? There's crazy things. So, I'm just saying. Molecules have weight. What is weight? Gravity. That's what they say. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, well, it's it would one be, of those that I'm, I'm, I'm having a I'm smoking man attempt to. I would hit. Well, okay, so it would be some or kind of field. Hit. You know, some either it's some kind of field. Yeah, like a generating. You what? know what? Huh? I, sorry, I said firmament on accident. My bad. Go ahead. An at- atmospheric <laughs> field, uh, kind of like I don't know a force field yeah something like that forcing Force. the heat to stay in and the cold to stay out that's mm-hmm. never been imagined before unless a it's... force field <laughs> interesting and all i can imagine when you're talking about the doors opening is a i'm sorry i almost pulled out my phone and hit the sound effect <laughs> you I love were it. talking about it just to give the extra. That would have been great. You should have. What about the tall, blonde-haired, beautiful people? Well, that's just the Nordics that we hear. And when you yep. when you start looking into UFOs, the Nordics is one of the multiple races of alien that supposedly have visited or currently live on Nephilim? Earth or fallen ones that live here. What possibly the Nephilim? Yeah. Yeah. That's... So here's what's interesting. So as you're reading, I'm reading along with you. You, you know what the, the popular pages next to it are for this? What's that? Demon names. Because mm. here's, you know, when you were reading the, the tall, beautiful, blonde-haired people, mm. the first thing I thought of was the Nephilim were there at that time and after, which everybody always forgets that and after part. Because... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a multiple incursion guy. I I truly think there was more than one incursion. I think there was an original incursion that starts Genesis 6. There's another incursion that happens afterwards. Imagine... Like a dog returns to his vomit. Weird. So doth a fool return to his folly. But but imagine... Imagine... um, Dare I say, angelic style of being Mm -hmm. who forsakes its natural habitat. Beautiful beyond measure, technology thousands of years ahead of everything else, hiding somewhere. Calling himself master. Calling themselves master and avoiding... What, what, how, does God, what does God, how does God describe us? We are image bearers mm. of the Most High. Mm-hmm. Avoiding those image bearers of the Most High. Mm-hmm. Avoiding us like the plague. Interesting. So that's what... So I'm, I'm, I'm a cigarette smoking man on that. I... I can buy that because I actually believe the Bible. I believe in Genesis 6. I think the Nephilim are there before and after. I think that there are incurred watchers that are down here. I truly think that they're down here. I think that they got kids that are not explainable by any modern science or technology whatsoever. I think that they hide it. You know, Smithsonian hides the bones like a mofo, but that's another story for another time when it comes to giants. Um, We can do a whole episode on Smithsonian. Yeah, like literally, like... Any time governments come together to tell the same story, I call bullshit every single time. Every government acknowledges evolution, and it is provably the most BS thing of all time. Mm-hmm. And they stand by it, just like they stand behind the jabs, just like they stand behind COVID is the most dangerous thing of all time. It's always bullshit. So I'm going to give a cigarette smoking man to the tall, blonde-haired figures that call themselves masters mm-hmm. and talk so nicely. And they're so approachable. Beautiful. They're melodic voices. Yeah, it's like I'd almost give my daughters up to them. You know what I mean? Mm. If if I didn't know any better, I didn't have Jesus in my heart. But yeah, go ahead, brother. With that twist on it, I I wasn't thinking in that regard. But I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo, so. The (laughs) moment you started saying Nephilim, I'm like, oh. This answers all those questions and makes perfect sense in every aspect. All of a sudden, everything that he's talking about is completely plausible in an angelic satanic sense 
Well, what lights up the spirit realm? God does. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the light? I mean, because that, that's what here. And I'm going Animal, really, animals I'm, that shouldn't exist. Shouldn't be there. That are there. I mean, like. All of a sudden they're you know, there. It Bigfoot phases in and out all the time. It's weird. It's like he's there and then he's not there, you know. But I, again, that's another story for another time episode, Bigfoot mm-hmm. and cryptids. But it's like you, <laughs> how do I say this? You, there's so much more than the physical. Like they have beaten us into this idea that the world is exactly how they're telling you and there's nothing beyond the box that we're given, okay? I'm just going to use that instead of a, a globe or whatever, okay? I'm just going to use this. This is the box. This is what your world is. Don't question it. Don't question it. There's nothing outside the box. There's nothing outside the box because that, that's the primary thing of quote-unquote scientism nowadays is God is dead, right? Mm-hmm. What happens if there's, you know, they'll allow aliens. Now, they won't explain where the aliens came from, right? Because yeah. where they come from. But they'll allow you to entertain that idea so that they don't look like jackasses when people run into weird stuff. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to me, but that's why I defend that. But that's my thing. If you're going beyond the boundaries of where humans are supposed to be, because God puts up oceans for a reason. Big, dangerous oceans. <laughs> okay? Like, I don't know. You know? Some might say an ice wall that keeps you from going to the side. I don't know. Another story for another time. Uh, the third episode of Antarctica, but uh, why does it mean? have to be mountains? That's what I'm with, with the spiritual realm, you you might have just passed into something. You might have passed well, into something, you know. Well, uh, here's an interesting thought for you on that note. Mm-hmm. Whenever, um, whenever Israel is coming down from, uh, uh, you know, worship of Baal and mm-hmm. whatnot. Word, what does God tell them to do? He wants them to tear down the high, high places. places. Yes. Yeah. So mountains have a holy spiritual spiritual element to them, the high places. It's the closest to the firmament. It's the closest to the heavens. It's the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's many different things. He's flying at an elevation yeah. of what? Whatever. Uh, 27,000. 27,000 and magically he's, not magically, but dare I say spiritually somewhere else where he's not supposed to be. Where physics don't really make sense based on what they've told us physics are. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it's just intriguing to me. Yeah. The other thing that jumped out to me too is the description of how the master describes them. You know, we're we're benevolent, benevolent. We're above you. Mm-hmm. We're we're we've tried to warn your emissaries, really, the principalities and powers. That's all I heard when you yeah. heard that. Then they said New World. Did you catch that? Yep. You know. I, I kind of emphasized it a little. I, I know you infast the syllable. I thought yep. that was really good. Um, the other thing that's interesting too is why is science fiction the way it is? Why is it? Mm-hmm. It's preparing us for whatever. It's preparing us, or it's how original are we anymore? What? What is that? We're not original. Yeah. Now, now I used to beat up Disney because they just they just rehash everything. Yeah. Dare I say we just rehash everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our stories. Well, I mean, you say it all the time. There's nothing new under the sun. There's a, wait, isn't that a Bible verse? Yeah. Well, there's only six stories that you can tell. How do you get a Buck Rogers story? Maybe you have seen things that look like a Buck Rogers story. How do you get science fiction? How does Jules Verne know that there's crazy stuff under the sea that have shouldn't be there? And imagination. Imagination. More. You know. he, he's the original. He's the original science fiction writer. Or he saw something and copied it. And it's so fantastical, and it's being released because nothing, here's the thing, nothing becomes popular without a purpose, in my opinion. If it becomes popular, there's a reason it's becoming popular. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that A just, ship powered by a power source unknown to man that can power a ship for decades. Yeah. We, we have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I thought there were nuclear vessels, man. <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. <laughs> I had to do nuclear it. Vessels. Nuclear, nuclear vessels. Um, but no, it, all of the stuff that's reading here, it's like to me, I, I hate to do it, but I, I don't hate to do it. I'm going to smash it into my biblical worldview. My biblical worldview is that we can't explain the pyramid. I've said this a million times. We can't even explain how the pyramids are made. We can't explain how it's done. Mm-hmm. But it's there. You can't deny it. 
And there's how many of those across the world? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's we, what people don't really fully we, realize. We can't explain why it's there. Yeah, there's it's not pyramids. just South America and Egypt. No. It's all around the it's equator. all over the place. It's And they're all lined up with the equator. Mm-hmm. And they're all lined up with star formations. And they're all like, crazy. It, it's just crazy. You yeah. know, because stars are described as angels in the Bible. But I'll leave that alone for right now. But my thing is this. is like everything that you just read, all I saw was Nephilim, Nephilim babies, <laughs> watchers, Second incursion, physics that are defying what is really happening, animals that should not be there, and an encounter from a guy that's pretty known to tell what's up. He told you what's up in the North Pole. He's doing he's doing shows about continents the size of America that are beyond the poles, mm-hmm. beyond the poles. I mean, I know we're supposed to be on the spinning ball, going a thousand miles an hour, defying everything. As I don't feel anything right now, and gas is just not escaping. I know it weighs something, but it does can't avoid the vacuum of space. And I don't know, but it's happening according to what the box has told me. But I have a feeling there's something different than the box. I don't know. It's just call me crazy. But Who when made the, people, the box? Yeah, I know a spiritual being. What? Just throwing that out there. And they deny that spiritual being. Yeah. They deny that. So, I, no offense, I, I just don't trust any of the bullcrap that they say. I don't trust anything. That's, you know, I, I happen to be the cigarette smoking man of this. So when I read this, the whole story that you've got, just to wrap it up on my end, just because the things that stood out to me, it's very molder to me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't want to discredit him. My, my training from... Scientism <laughs> yeah. that's indoctrinated all my thinking and thought process wants to doubt this. Mm-hmm. My spiritual says, Why wouldn't that be true? So I'm, I'm older. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Whaley. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm older. I see no reason to. I, I see. Uh, when I ask, Why would he lie? I see no reason why he would lie. What did he gain from it? Yeah, the only the only a couple TV spots. He didn't have a book or anything crazy like that. Exactly. He's not making money this from is, it. This is yeah. Exactly. I don't see him making money off of this. I don't um, think he's getting his ridicule. Yeah. yeah. Um, I see he dies a couple years after he makes he goes on TV. Yep. Um, because he was talking and, about continents beyond the poles. Yeah. And, and, you can't and, do that with the box, bro. And maybe he's we're you know, the last undiscovered country. Maybe yeah. he's the military's answer to Andy Kaufman, you know, and mm-hmm. he's <laughs> trolling everybody, you Could know. Be. <laughs> that's, be, possible. that's that's possible. Very possible. It's kind of unlikely, though. No, I don't see too many you know military men who reach the rank of admiral. Ha ha! Are, trolled you. Yeah, <laughs> that, are, that are giant trolls, you know. Um. So, like, I don't see any reason not to yeah. take him at his word. At the same time, it is pretty fantastical. And real quick, who was the president when he was... Who was his president? 47 through 57, who's the president? Because uh, that's uh, something, too. Uh, U.S. president. Well, Eisenhower probably somewhere in there. Maybe. I don't know. I think Eisenhower's just wrapping up his, ter- his last term yeah, in 47. Let me see. So 48. Truman. Truman's there and Truman. Truman. Eisenhower is 53 through 61. There Isn't it is. Eisenhower the one that told us about the military industrial complex? Yes. Yeah. And he was scared of it as he's leaving? Mm-hmm. No offense. I, the, again, that's the other thing. Crazy me, the conspiracy theorist around here. I'm seeing a guy who repeated, reports something in 1947 during who? Truman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was he the one that started the FBI? Yeah, crazy. And then the next guy that takes over, he's an admiral for, mm-hmm. and he's told to keep quiet, and he kind of does keep it quiet until you know 1956, and he dies magically after the appearance where he says that there's a continent beyond the ice wall, beyond the ice wall. That's his words, and he's died. NASA forms the next year, two years later, the Treaty of Antarctica. Oh, yeah, and then Eisenhower in 61 says, hey, there's a military-industrial complex, I want to warn you guys, that has taken over every part of this government. And there's reports of weird 
creatures all over Antarctica. I, I'm going to do something right now on the show. I recant what I just said. I'm I'm I'm, I'm cigarette smoking man on this now. Yeah, <laughs> I talked myself into it. Yeah. I just connected the dots on the show, bro. I, I'm, Gosh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm actually smoking man with that. Dang it! Why did I revelation to myself? You didn't do it to yourself. You did it to me too. Ugh, I hate when I, my brain gets in the way and starts thinking. That's a good show. Yeah. That's a good show. Yeah. I'd yeah. take my dinkle. That that took me for a loop. Yeah. I was not expecting to go there. Dang it. When I saw Truman right next to Eisenhower, I'm like, son of a bitch, this is real. Oh, <laughs> like, ah! Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, not yeah. sorry. I mean... Uh... That just... that. Good show, guys. Yeah, good, good show. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll delve, uh, we'll continue to our delve into Antarctica next week. Um, what should we talk about next week? Oh gosh, man. I, I think we. I think this is a good lead into cosmology, hollow Earth, flat Earth. What does the world look like? Because. To me, Antarctica is like that gateway. You I know? agree, I agree. But we still have a couple more, I think, meaty issues that we can get more into. you can tie on. it into it. Sure. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's yeah. I think Antarctica. it leads into... Because it's going to open those yeah. questions. I like, just I want to be specific, and I can't remember what they are. Well, the good news is, well, that's another the, story for another time. The doctor can... that served in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Okay. For like, uh, was, it was like almost th- three or four years that... Kept treating people for weird wounds, mm. uh, dead finding an uh, operation high jump, high jump. Yeah. So yeah, we, let's let's we'll talk about those two. Yep. Next week, weird stories of Antarctica. Yeah, weird stories Strange. of Antarctica. Strange. We'll talk about that, uh, but not today because that's, <laughs> that's a, story a story for another time. Good stuff. Peace out. God bless. Dang it, Ray. I just Alex Jones myself. On. I Alex Jones myself. <laughs>